Well, this is one more mosh pit presents horrible, horrible history, history abridged. abridged. I've been doing this horrible history thing for a while. It's because I we love educating people about stuff. I do. I mean, you can you can chalk it up to being a fucking know-it-all and you know being smug prick. But I know a lot of things when it comes to death. So I like to tell everybody about this horrible information that I've collected, and that's why I started publishing it. So we're doing the execution series. Still, we're doing the penultimate episode here with. The electric chair. The ultimate being, of course, the method we currently use in the States, which is lethal injection. And I've got a lot to say about that one, but also the lethal injection episode will include some of the scraps that I didn't get to include in the other ones. They they weren't enough to make their own episodes, but like you can come on that one and hear about all kinds of wacky other shit people did to execute people. I'm here with my girlfriend, Stephanie. Hello, I'm Stephanie with Zach, as always. As always, yes. Um, always and fucking forever. Mm, but anyway. How romantic. Anyhow, we're talking about the electric chair, not the electric slide or even electric avenue, the electric chair. We might rock on to electric avenue later. Maybe, and there might be an electric boogaloo that happens no promises <laughs> we're talking about the electric chair how it came to be in the states and some of the people who went to the electric chair some of the people were put on death row and sent to the chair and to quote ernest p whirl from ernest goes to jail death row you mean like the chair the hot seat dead meat deep six it's over pal you're out of here bub the groundhogs are bringing you your mail. You're picking turnips with a stepladder. The no tomorrow. Oh no, the row. Yes, that death row. And we're talking about people we were put on there that went to the chair. I guess we should start at the beginning. Let's of do the that. Story. Yes. Um, very interesting how this device for capital punishment came along. The electric chair. A man named Alfred P. Southwick in 1881. He was a dentist and a former steamboat engineer. Ah, yes. Those two go hand in hand. Because, I mean, honestly, what, what better stepping stone to dentistry than engineering a steamboat? I can't think of one. Well, he's from Buffalo, New York, and he witnessed an old drunk named George Smith be shocked to death when he accidentally touched the live generator. Ooh. Could have been me last Saturday night. Well, this gave him an idea. In the late 19th century, Americans were starting to get sketched out by, like, hangings and beheadings that we've covered earlier, and even the firing squad. New York, in particular, in this time recently, they recently witnessed a hanging that beheaded a man gruesomely, and the public wanted a cleaner, more effectual method. This just confuses me. I don't understand at what point did spectators decide they didn't want the blood and gore? What happened to make humanity more humane? I don't know. I mean, that that's the better show, honestly. Some oh, yeah. heads rolling. 
Well, that's what they wanted just, you know, a half a century before they screamed for it. They had a lot of cognitive dissonance about like, yeah, they wanted to see somebody get killed, but they felt bad about it being such a bloody, gruesome spectacle. And I mean, why would you pass up the chance to see some new tech kill somebody? <laughs> You've seen somebody get their head cut off once. You've seen it every time. Yeah. Maybe the hangings every once in a while got pretty botched. But yeah, I guess every once in a while you want to see somebody die in a new way. Imagine if they would have seen drones in that time. That would have just blown their minds. Oh yeah, I totally would have. Well, Southwick saw the killing power of just making contact with these new electric generators and he saw a solution. So he took it upon himself to revolutionize execution. Southwick would first invent a mechanism for the Buffalo SPCA, which of course is the Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, which is funny considering what I'm about to say next. They used his mechanism for euthanizing stray dogs. The Buffalo SPCA was using the far more brutal and stupid methods of drowning dogs and hanging other animals. They would hang horses. Yes. Imagine the the horses' crimes to, to get them hanged. What do you think the horses did? I don't know. I don't care for horses anyway, and I don't care for their plight. (laughs) <laughs> they're all plotting on you. They always, horses look so smug and oh, act like yeah. they're better than you. Hmm. The logistics of hanging a fucking horse. Yeah, that that would take some serious, like, heavy-duty Horsepower. Does <laughs> 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 Does the horse's peers pull it up on the gallows? Probably. They were like, I'm getting the fuck out of here, not knowing <laughs> yeah. that that was going to cause the Instead of get 30, faster death of their comrade. Get, getting 30 dudes out there to pull the horse up (laughs) after a year of this experimentation and practice of killing dogs Southwick would start publishing articles in scientific journals trying to advertise this as a use for capital punishment of humans and he was a dentist the chair was what he was most comfortable working with so he made the device a chair Uh, as if people weren't already afraid enough of dentists especially back then god could you imagine Oh, yeah. Well, your dentistry on yourself has yeah, probably been it's, much yeah, worse. And as somebody who's done dentistry on themselves, let me tell you, it is nothing short of horrific. Well, he tinkered with his device, and he showed it to his friend, New York Senator Jimmy McMillan. What friends to have. McMillan liked the demonstrations, which... That, That makes McMillan complicit on all this horrible shit. So he pitched the idea to the governor. Well, the governor had an exploratory committee set up, and they would see how the chairs stacked up to the old ways as far as being humane and clean. Electricity was still very new. America was still experiencing what they called the current wars. Okay, and this you have two big wigs in history here, two rich fucking asshole pieces of shit but one's a bigger piece of shit than the other one and if you've heard anything about him you know he's a piece of shit if you've read a fucking book you know he's a piece of shit i don't know if that's true i mean he is kind of touted as the father of modern electricity i don't i don't think books really go into a lot of detail on what a piece of shit he was they don't But the books I've read have. Yes, but the books you've read are not widely available in 
No. Schools. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. They should be. Quit yes. banning books. Yeah, let's corrupt those young minds where they're still malleable. Uh, first, we have George Westinghouse, and he was using Tesla's methods. You know, Nikola Tesla developed electricity, that, and he tried to make it to where you could harness it from the atmosphere and make it free, but, yeah. you know, we can't fucking do that shit. Capitalism. Crazy. But he was up against Thomas Edison, which... Fuck this guy. Fuck him. Westinghouse was using alternate alternating currents. That's what Tesla came up. And Edison was still still out there touting direct current, AC and DC. Edison would really seal what a giant piece of shit he was during this battle of the currents to power America. But he would have far more influence in powering the chair. And I'll tell you how here in a little bit. DC wasn't great for powering cities. The copper wire and material was idiotically expensive. It wasn't efficient. But AC had been involved already in some highly publicized accidental death. So naturally, Westinghouse was already reticent to have his name be associated with execution. Edison would try to convince the public that AC was too dangerous, and he used a little bit of old-school marketing. Hmm, like neon tank tops and permed mullet? Uh, no. Oh. No. Um, That's the not other AC. AC slider. Oh, my bad. Alternating currents. Gotcha. I never found... AC to be of any danger, really. You're right. He was, he was just a good guy. Yeah, and he dated Jesse Spano. She's a regular church mouse <laughs> until what happened later, I guess. But anyway, he did some old school marketing. He hired a guy named Harold Pitney Brown to launch a PR smear campaign that would prove <laughs> prove. AC was too dangerous and too deadly. Brown brought the press to West Orange, New Jersey to Edison's lab. A thousand volt AC generator was hooked up to a metal plate and systematically they would lure various small animals onto the plate to get shot to death. And this is where the word electrocution was coined. Electrocution, electric execution. So no... When you were working on that ceiling fan, you did not get electrocuted. You got shot. So it's a what's called a portmanteau, which it combines two words, electric and execution. Wow. That's, a, well, that's one of your glossary words. I want you to look up this word. Your glossary words. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been fun if they would have done that instead of conjunction junction on Schoolhouse Rock? It would have been far more educational. I don't believe that's true. Uh, I, I beg to differ. But I don't think agree. anything let's could have made Schoolhouse Rock more educational. That's where I learned pretty much everything. Yeah, that's where the boomers learned everything, too. And you see how all that shit turned out. Well, I was raised by boomers, man. And that's the fucking problem. That's the fucking problem with millennials today. Yeah, you want to bitch about the generation you fucking raised. Good job. <laughs> fucking, you invented those fucking participants. Ribbons, you cocksuckers. Don't bitch at us for it. All right. Again, we digress. 
While they were shocking little animals, the exploratory committee finally deliberated and came to a consensus, and they wrote a 95-page report. They published it, and it declared that electrocution was the method that was the clear winner to be what we chose as our capital punishment. Okay, so May 8th, 1888, Senator Henry Cuggleshell pushed the bill through the legislature. Is it that a portmanteau? <laughs> Whatever the fuck it... Uh, how did he get that fucking last name? But he pushed it through the legislature, and it declared that all capital offenses committed after July 1st, 1888, would be electrocution yeah, until death. Until death. And you remember, if you've yet heard any of our other series about executions, that that entailed death part is very important because you don't want a motherfucker walking away from it. Well, it wasn't always the case. They didn't always do until death and people would just dangle there at the end of the rope for right, but if you try however to, long. And given, given the rhetoric and the wording of the sentence, it would be double jeopardy well, yes. to hang that cocksucker again. Exactly. That's why they had to amend and add that you know, addendum. AC versus DC was still going on. Brown PR campaign was just beginning. Is anybody else picturing like AC Slater versus Batman? Oh, it's AC Slater versus the entire Justice League. Yeah, the Justice And Slater's Batman is Zach Morris because he's a fucking rich asshole. That's true. Yeah. Zach Morris, go back and watch, go back and watch Saved by the Bell. Zach Morris is a goddamn menace. He's a womanizer. He is a piece of of shit. And then, of course, we got Peacock here, and all of a sudden, he's the goddamn mayor fucking Bayside. Well, Jesse Spano's the principal, isn't she? (laughs) And you've all seen her twat, if you've seen that movie, (laughs) and you've seen her get fucked in the pool by that guy from Twin Peaks. He started this other exhibition that he brought on the road where he shocked a dog with DC power, and everybody noticed it didn't quite kill it. And then he shocked it with AC and killed the fucking dog. So, like, have you ever seen a dog with with an invisible collar or with a collar for an invisible fence run through that fence and they're just like, you know, yelping and, you know. And they end up getting away because it's powered by DC power, which is fucking pussy ass power that was peddled by Thomas Edison, little fucking bitch. He took the show on the road. He would do his sick demonstrations all over New York State and he would buy stray dogs and cats from children at a quarter apiece. This motherfucker. Just send out the little street urchins. And they would collect strays. I mean, we can't blame the children. They needed to eat. Yeah. He needed the money. Please, sir. Just a quarter. I don't know if they had quarters back then. They could have just ate the fucking cats. I don't see what... Goddamn, cut out the fucking middleman. But he started... After this, like, became played out with all the strays and shit, he started using other animals. He started using, like, calves and horses. And he even used an orangutan. I'm not trying to downplay the horror of all of this experimentation on other animals, but the orangutan, that just, that really bothers me. What do you think it did to warrant a death sentence? Do you think it actually committed a crime, or were they just fucking around? 
Well, I mean, banana thievery is bad among the orangutan community, but I don't. I figured his own orangutan brethren would execute him for that. I think the I think the orangutan was used because of its similarity to like humans genetically. Wow! And you'll see that if you read a science book every once in a while. But that's besides the point. I think actually that it was just an animal that they got, so they just yeah. shot the motherfucker. Wow. Yeah, I guess I guess you're probably right. I mean, pretty terrible. I'm in support of ape rights, and, okay. and I will I will stand by that. Unless, of course, like I said, they commit some sort of violent offense. I mean, you've seen Planet of the Apes. You know how this all ends. That's why we need to be nice to them. I mean, they're probably thinking about that experiment whenever they, you know, had their uprising. Sure. Goddamn paws off of me, you damn dirty apes. I mean, everybody knows that, what was his name, Travis, the chimp? He only tore that woman's face off because he was on meds for Lyme disease. He tore her face off because after they get six years old, they go completely feral again. Well, he was also on the as, meds. As nature intended. Uh, a chimp, a chimp is That doesn't not, happen for, for human males until 36 years old. It's not a toy. Stop taking go goddamn chimps home with you. Yeah, that's the bottom line. They have the strength of ten men. What did you think was going to happen? They are terrifying. And you know what? When I finally unleash all my humanities that I've made (laughs) upon humanity, you will all fucking pay. Is that what you've been doing with that female chimp you've got chained up in the basement? Yeah, I just keep pumping loads into her. I mean, it hadn't worked yet, but when it does, you motherfuckers, it's coming. Good lord, Zach. Just like me. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, orangutan. There's a myth that goes around that says Edison electrocuted an elephant. Now, this is not true. Um, Topsy, the elephant, was electrocuted a decade after the Battle of the Car in 1903. Topsy was executed by the folks at Luna Park in Coney Island, which still exists. I googled that. I have no intentions of ever going to fucking New York. Anyway, Topsy reacted to a drunk who burned her trunk with a cigar, and she killed him and two other people. That motherfucker had it coming. I'm just gonna go ahead and say that being executed was probably a a blessing for Topsy, because I can't imagine what a horrible life she had being a show elephant in Coney Island. No doubt. In Coney Island. She wasn't even part of the P.T. Barnum gang. And or she would have been treated better than, you know, the sideshow freaks. Barely. At least better than the bearded woman. Let's let's all ban circuses and things like that. That's, yeah, it shouldn't be a thing anymore. Y'all, every, everyone of you watching horrible. The Greatest Showman and jerking off to it, that's not how it went at all. You really think people jerk off to The Greatest Showman? You think it's the bearded lady? Plausibly, yes. Somebody has jerked off to that movie. She got some big old titties. She did. Speaking of big titties, have you ever seen an elephant's titties? They're big, too. Well, they're elephants. Yeah, but I mean, you'd think they have an udder, but they actually have, you know, chesticles. Actual, like, titty-looking tits? Yeah, like for real. Tits? Google it. Everybody out there, Google it. I don't, I don't want... I sh- you, bullshit. I'll take your word bullshit. for it. Bullshit. I don't know. That in particular, <laughs> that thing right there you just said, that was my threshold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Decided to put tops 
Topsy down. Originally, the plan was to hang Topsy and charge admission. Okay, we've already talked about the logistics of hanging a horse. In the early or late 1800s or early 1900s, how do you fucking hang a goddamn elephant? Yeah, I can't get my head wrapped around this one. I mean, you can't just winch that shit up. Uh, There wasn't anything that worked that great back then. Yeah, that would have been some kind of marvel of technology in and of itself. Right. That's what we should be talking about. What (laughs) fucking could have winched Topsy up for the hanging. But the SPCA stepped in. And they requested something more humane. Mm, thankfully. And this gave me this gives me such a funny mental image for something so terrible. But Topsy was fitted with copper sandals. This just makes me want to cry. Was so it, horrible. Was it somebody who was into metallurgy and a cobbler come together <laughs> to make this device? Aww, she this she, elephant shoe. She thought she was getting little tap shoes for her show. She thought it was neat at first, I bet. So they fitted her with these copper sandals and hooked it up to a local power plant. A power plant. A fucking power plant. Yeah, a whole ass power plant. And uh, for whatever reason before, they fed her carrot sliced with cyanide. I don't think we've said it yet in this episode, but humans fucking suck. Yeah, this is... I just have to put that out there. This will make you lose faith in humanity. If you had any left. Yeah, after I get done with you, you won't. So Edison is associated with Topsy's execution because he sent a film crew to film a documentary documentary. called Electrocuting an Elephant. Wow. Wow. That motherfucker is clever. I mean... They should have brought a poet. I can't believe the the wordsmith abilities of Edison. That's just... That's top prose right there. Hmm. But since Edison's name was on the footage, of course, he gave himself top billing. As much as I would still like for Edison to take the rap for that one, I always work with my top interest being accurate But still, fuck Edison. Anyway, the AC smear campaign was worth... Goddamn Mario Lopez, get up my fucking head. I'm just imagining AC Slater doing, like, gynecological exams, giving pap smears to ladies in a lab coat with his jerry curl. That that was very specific. Uh, We'll talk about this later. Anyway, the smear campaign was working. AC Slater haunts my nightmares. Fuck you. <laughs> and when it came to the electric chair, 1889, a New York government chose Westinghouse's AC as the method for execution. It was not the best association. Westinghouse refused to cooperate. He would not sell the generators to the state. So, Edison, under a fake name, ordered them to a university in Brazil and then shipped them to New York. It says, oh, oh, uh, I need to place an order under a Thompson Edmondson. Ed, Ed, Ed Thompson. <laughs> Ed, Ed Thompsonson. <laughs> uh, so they, they shipped those to New York. We know he can't come up with an original thought. No. So it was set, and the first rider of the lightning was to be William Kimmler, an illiterate vegetable salesman from Buffalo. He had murdered his common-law wife, Matilda Tilly Ziegler. Yeah, that sounds a, like a bitch. With a hatchet. Tilly probably had it coming. No, we're joking. 
domestic violence she is not the all, answer. She was all on him because he couldn't read. She probably couldn't read either. What a bitch. Well, this he was sentenced to death for this, mm-hmm. but somehow all of a sudden Kimmler had an attorney named W. Bork Cochran. And this was actually the great-grandfather of Johnny Cochran, in case you did not know that. Use the Chewbacca defense. That is not true. And he said, if the hatchet <laughs> doesn't fit, you must acquit. And they went and they put the hatchet into the actual, like, cut marks into the skull's head and said, yeah, this definitely fits. This is the same hatchet. <laughs> So he all of a sudden had this high dollar attorney making appeals on his behalf. He cited the Eighth Amendment that forbids cruel and unusual punishment. Well, as you probably guessed, George Westinghouse was footing the bill, trying to fight the execution using his technology. The first appeal was lost, and on the second appeal, Edison showed up to the stand (laughs) to testify that electricity was predictable enough to get the job done, and that Westinghouse's AC generators were the perfect devices to do it. Oh, can you imagine the smug look on his face? And then that's when he dropped the bomb and it's like, it was really me. I'm the one that ordered these generators. (laughs) It was me. (laughs) It was me all along. AC would still win the Battle of the Currents, just like he took Bayside to the state championships. That's right. Eventually, (laughs) eventually AC would win, but Edison most likely took joy in helping put that black mark on Westinghouse's legacy. AC would power the electric chair for the entire time of its use. This was seen as great societal progress. You can execute your prisoners humanely with exciting new technology and get rid of all the disturbing and bloody former methods. Oh, what was that guy? Uh, that that guy who did the infomercials? The that died. Yeah, Billy Mays. Billy Mays. Could Billy you Mays imagine here. Billy Mays doing a <laughs> doing doing an AC? Electric- but wait, there's more. <laughs> okay, so they would they would construct an oak chair. And they built leather straps to hold the condemned in place. A single electrode would be placed upon a shaven spot on the executionee's head and another placed on his spine. The electrodes were metal discs and they were held in place with rubber that would also hold a sponge that was wet with saline solution. And that is a very fucking important detail as we will get to later. Yes, a natural sponge. That's also very important. Yes. It not had to synthetic. be an actual ocean sponge and not one of those plastic motherfuckers you get at Dollar General. The saline solution would assure that electricity could course into the body with the most minimal resistance possible. They decided a thousand volts was good enough to kill any human. Flip the switch and give 700 volts to Kimmler for 17 seconds and then they would flip a second switch and send an additional 130 volts that would kill him. Now, for you math people out there, that's not a thousand volts. It's not. However, they tested it on a horse the day before. It worked on the horse. So they said, thousand volts kill a horse. We'll give that dude uh, 830 volts. That's definitely got to get him, right? Seems like it would be difficult to shave a spot on a horse's head and spine. I mean, a horse is just there. They Mm -hmm. just let you 
could do whatever. We've dominated that species. Mm, We're at the apex. Are there there's still wild horses running around like North Dakota and shit like that? Yeah, there's wild horses. You've dominated. Which why can't we why can't we eat them? Fuck horses. This is uh this whole thing's just a thinly veiled campaign by me against fucking horses. I do not Are they too stand cute with to eat? Zach on this topic. Motherfucker, we have cars now. We don't have to ride those motherfuckers around. But I digress. I think there's something wrong with you. You think? <laughs> you don't say. So Edwin Davis would do the thing in Auburn Prison, New York State. It was set. Kimmler would be sent to hell by New York State for killing his common-law wife with a hatchet after he awoke from a good drunk and accused her of stealing from him. She probably didn't. She probably didn't. She didn't deserve it. I was joking earlier. Maybe she did. We don't know that. That's all speculation. We don't. No conjecture is... Is they, real. Both, they both had it coming. Fuck them both. <laughs> On the morning of his execution, August 6, 1890, Kimmler was awakened at 5 a.m., which why the fuck do they always got to do this shit so goddamn early? I mean, why not at least let him sleep until he wakes up? You know, I wouldn't want to go through my whole day knowing that that was coming, but at least just let him, let him sleep until... Let him walk around and do his prison business and tell everybody bye and They didn't even give him a chance to take a morning shit. Yeah, no well, doubt. Why wouldn't they do that first? Which, that's another detail. I don't understand why they always do this shit early in the morning. Now, if this happened, we'd do it at 7.30 p.m. on ABC during primetime. We progressed as a culture, and we don't want to show that stuff on TV. Most people don't want to see it. I do. God damn it. I know you do. You're a weird fucker. So he had his breakfast. Said some prayers, and the top of his head was shaved. At 6.38 a.m., Kimmler entered the execution room, and Warden Charles Durston presented Kimmler to the 17 witnesses in attendance. Kimmler looked at the chair and said, Gentlemen, I wish you all good luck. I believe I am going to a good place, and I am ready to go. Witnesses remarked that Kimmler was composed at his execution. He did not scream, cry, or resist in any way. He just sat in the chair, but he was ordered to get up by the warden, so a hole could be cut in his suit Aww. through which the second electrical lead could be attached. Suit. Why couldn't they, they just, just put it up through the back or something? Yeah. That's his good suit, man. Why didn't they <laughs> They put a union suit on him with the strap <laughs> on the back and they I could just run it up in there. I don't guess it matters. He's going to shit his pants anyway. <laughs> no doubt. They should have let him go. This was done and Kimmler sat down again. He was strapped to the chair. His face was covered in the metal restraint put on his head. He said, take it easy and do it properly. I'm in no hurry. <laughs> and you know how people talked back in the day. Yeah, like radio announcers. Warden Durston replied, goodbye, William, and ordered the switch thrown. The generator was charged with 1,000 volts, which was thought to be adequate yeah, it killed a horse. Quick unconsciousness and cardiac arrest. Right. Like I said, it had already been tested on a horse. Well, the current passed through Kimmler for those 17 seconds. The power was turned off and Kimmler was declared dead by Edward Charles Spitzka, who was, was by all accounts a shitty fucking doctor. Yep, he because did. Because witnesses noticed Kimmler <laughs> was still breathing. <laughs> he didn't even look at him. He's just like, yeah, yeah, that, that should have mm. killed him. He's dead, I he's declare it. He's holding his nose. Yeah, he's dead. <laughs> 
The attending physicians, Spitzka and Carlos Frederick McDonald, which sounds like the most ethnic person I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Carlos Frederick <laughs> McDonald. <laughs> he came forward to examine Kimmler. After confirming he was still alive, Spitzka reportedly called up, Have the current turned on again. Quick! No delay! <laughs> Don't tell anybody about this. <laughs> <laughs> no one has to know about this. <laughs> this can be just between us and these 17 witnesses. In the second attempt, Kimmler was shocked with 2,000 volts. Blood vessels under his skin ruptured and bled, and some witness claim his body caught fire. <laughs> Jesus. I'm gonna, a lot of these are quotes, so I'm going to do them in old-timey voices. What decade was this again? This was the late 19th century, so this was like right before the 1900s okay. where they did this guy in. So I guess it would be appropriate to do the old-timey voices. I don't know. You do you. You you find your joy in this journey. Let's go. Okay, I will. <laughs> the New York Times reported instead that an awful odor began to permeate the death chamber. And then, as thought to cap the climax of this fearful sight, it was seen that the hair under and around the electrode on the head and the flesh under around the electrode at the base of the spine was singeing. The stench was unbearable. Upon autopsy, doctors had found the blood vessels under the cap of his skull had carbonized. And the top of his brain had hardened. Witnesses reported the smell of burning flesh and several nauseated spectators tried to leave the room and they did not let them. Uh, It's like you put something in a microwave too long and it got all hard and stinky. That's gross. That motherfucker that cooks fish every day. The execution took approximately eight minutes. (laughs) The competitive newspaper reporters covering the Kimmler execution jumped on the abnormalities as each newspaper source tried to outdo each other with sensational headlines and reports. Ah, it was sensational! Which I guess they didn't have as many adjectives back then because this is what they came up with. A reporter who witnessed it also said it was an awful spectacle, far worse than hanging! <laughs> And Westinghouse was asked to comment, and he said, They would have done better had they used an axe. Because <laughs> I imagine probably not wrong. That old motherfucker, rich motherfucker, sounded like that. Yeah. Kimmler is buried in the precincts of the prison where his execution took place. Learned from our hanging episode, numbers are very important in killing somebody. Like when you hung somebody, you had to factor in their age and weight and all these other variables to make sure they got properly hanged. The electric chair, time and voltage had to be reworked considerably. So I guess the standard become 2000 volts for 60 seconds twice with 10 seconds in between. So how did 1000 volts kill that horse. Uh, must have been just a shitty horse. Yeah, probably. Horses are weak. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> what is with your animosity towards horses? I don't know. You're alienating all the horse people that love your content. It had it has something to do with a past life. I was probably mm. killed by a horse. What a stupid way to die. 
Yeah. This was considered progressive because it was new technology, but also you still had that little bit of showmanship where you could have everybody show up and watch the guy in the chair get shocked. Well, in 1910, Ohio, New Jersey, Virginia, and North Carolina would adopt the chair. Each state added its own flair to the design. Some people added a graded seat for catching bodily fluids in a bucket beneath. That's right, because they still shit their pants. Everyone shits when they... Every time someone dies, they shit. Every one of these. If it's a re, it's a reoccurring theme that every execution makes a motherfucker void their bowels. So, yes, that grated seat with a bucket underneath, that was a good idea. Some people put a headrest on it, which... Ooh, whatever. I mean, the luxury. And some people put full harnesses on there, which I guess... Held them down more. Kinky. It made it made it definitely sexier, but I don't know. <laughs> um, every site came up with its own name. Alabama painted theirs yellow. Called it Yellow Mama, which is probably pretty clever that, if you come from Alabama. That doesn't make any fucking sense. I'd hate to, I'd hate to meet the mama of whoever it was that named that chair. Well, Mama was probably his sister as well. New York called it. Old Sparky. Yeah. Louisiana called it Gruesome Gertie. Now, I like that one. How many Gerties do you know? Going that to name see needs to come back in the rotation. You know, I adopted a dog named Gertrude, and uh, then we changed her name to Mary Jane. Best dog I ever had. If you have a daughter, name her Gertie. Don't take any advice from Zach. <laughs> well, pretty much all, every electric chair worked the same way. And this is where we get back to the importance of the sponge. I'm sure you've all seen the Green Mile. Oh, I was thinking Seinfeld, the sponge. So important. Is is he sponge worthy? Mm. I hate Seinfeld. Hot take. Yeah. Fuck you, Jerry. If (laughs) if you're listening right now, fuck you, Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. I know that that fucking Jerry Seinfeld. And you're sitting there like, what's the deal with this podcast? (laughs) Fuck you, Jerry. All right, the sponge is important, though. You've seen the Green Mile, like when they execute Del Delacroix. Percy Wetmore purposely doesn't wet the sponge, and it just cooks the motherfucker. So that's what, that could happen. That was a thing that could happen. And also, if the sponge is too wet, it will short out the electrodes. So, I mean, you, this is very a very delicate process, really. Right, and it has to be wet with saline solution, It not has water. to be saline solution. That'll come up later. The leather straps that were put on there, they tended to burn the flesh of the people being electrocuted and that would cause a lot of the bad smell that happened. And Right, because human flesh frying smells just like bacon, so it had to have been the leather straps. I don't know how it could have been bad. You know, we call humans long pig. I don't think I would have hated the smell. Hmm? I've heard it's very pleasant. But those leather straps, that's what did it. You gotta be hungry, though. Well, this this was noticed by an inmate named Charles Justice. He cleaned the chamber. He cleaned the death chamber, and he suggested that they should use metal straps. Well, they used them, and it worked. It didn't burn the flesh of the person being electrocuted. And because he helped improve this machine, they reduced his sentence and allowed him to go off on parole from the state pen. Wow. Good for... 
Carl I mean, Justice. Yeah, good for him, except 11 years later, a robbery and murder would land Justice right back in the place he was, mm. and he was killed by this device that he helped improve. And I mean, isn't that ironic? Don't you think? <laughs> That's a little too ironic. Yeah, I really do think. Anyway, they came up with this Electrocream stuff. This is a product actually made for Ooh. using on the electric chair, on people that they put in the electric chair. Electrocream? Electro it sounds like I mean, lube they would have used. It in definitely like does. Ron Jeremy used in the porns in the 70s. That's something KY came up with, I imagine. That's, I imagine Electrocream is where KY started. No, I'm thinking Astroglide. Yeah, Electrocream, Astroglide. Astroglide. I know Astroglide came from uh, astronauts. Fucking. Yeah, it, I know. Um, it did come from space. That's true. It came from space. Space that's what they technology. Really, that's what they found on the moon. <laughs> Lube. Anyhow, this electric cream was a conducting jelly that was slathered on the ankle electrodes that they added later. It smoothed out the current below the waist. The two-switch method was done. The body cooled. They checked the the doctor checked it for heartbeat, and if it had a heartbeat, they'd throw the switch again. And yes, they had to let the body cool because the body was fucking hot to the touch after this shit. So the doctor was like, "I don't want to touch that. Much. I don't want to burn myself touching this fucking condemned motherfucker." So like, let's just sit here a minute, smoke a cigarette, and then I'll check his pulse. But be a good plan. They got that pulse again. They just fucking shock him again. Now, a lot of people thought that the electric chair stopped someone's heart. The thing is, we don't actually know how the electric chair actually fucking works. Hmm. Now, you think it would stop the heart because, you know, you figure it would cause an arrhythmia. You know, you know how we, like, can shock people back. Right, yeah. And all that. paddles what they think, and this is just what they think happens, is that it affects the part of the brain that controls your respiratory system and paralyzes it. You can't breathe, and it certainly doesn't knock you unconscious either. Do you think that had to do with the placement of the electrode, like where it was on the skull? I don't know. That I it mean, affected I mean, that maybe portion you could of the put brain? It right over, they could put it like right over the heart, like you do with an AED trying right. to shock someone back, but I don't know. I don't no, hmm. but the person being electrocuted is aware the whole time. Their skin swells and reddens, and if it gets too hot, they'll catch fire. I'm just imagining Arnold Schwarzenegger on um, Total Recall oh, when definitely. he's having that flashback, you know, right. where his face explodes. And that's it's even more apt that reference because they wore the hood and the reason they wore the hood is because a lot of times somebody's eyeballs would pop out on that first jump. Oh wow. Yeah, everybody close your eyes and just picture Arnold. Just laying there with no oxygen on Mars. There wasn't any, there wasn't any quado there to tell that dude otherwise. (laughs) Quaid, start the reactor. Well, besides a 50 year run in the Philippines, the US was the only one to actually use the electric chair's capital punishment. I'd like to look more into that about why it was chosen for the Philippines, but continue. No, I mean our Western culture just invades fucking everything. Mm, I mean, it permeates cultures. We're, we're all living worldwide. in America, but it was we were the only one to use it as capital punishment. The UK considered it, but during their considerations, they ultimately outlawed capital punishment. Mm. So they didn't want to use the chair. Um, to date, around. 4,374 
number of people have rode the lot. Wow. That's how many people we've killed with the chair. And among that was 84 botches, or what they consider botches, which that makes a 2% botch rate. Doesn't really seem like bad odds. It doesn't when you consider lethal injection has a 7% botch rate. Hmm. And that's what we, that's the go-to now. Yeah. We had the firing squad, which besides popular culture, it was only used 34 times here for like an execution in the Americas. And it, that was mostly military, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. And it was 100% effective. Yeah, um, sure. The Russians, just like until recently, used a pistol behind the ear. Pop! That's how um, serial killer Andre Chikatilo was executed. You might look him up. That's a, that's a fun one. Yeah. That is. Not if you're squeamish, but very interesting if you've got a strong stomach. Go into it knowing nothing. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be good. Zach likes it, so that should tell you something. The thing is when the electric chair fucks up, it fucks up large and it makes the news. It makes for big <laughs> news stories whenever it fucks up. Willie Francis was somebody who was executed by the electric chair. He was prepared by a drunk official. Some guy <laughs> was just drunk on the job. Nice. Um, didn't prepare it right. And Willie Francis said he could feel everything. He said that he felt burning and he tasted cold peanut butter. Huh. Wow. That's, that's imagine, very interesting. That's something like when you taste or smell burnt toast whenever you're having a stroke. Maybe yeah. it's one of those memory things where your uh, memory is linked to smell a whole lot. Maybe it's mm-hmm. just a sign of your brain fucking up incredibly. And I guess that's why he tasted cold peanut butter. That's very specific. Very. Frederick Van Warner. Um, he and his two brothers killed his uncle on Christmas Eve over some money. They executed all three of them in a row, but they got him back in there and Fred's hand moved. So they said, okay. And they just dragged his ass back and put him in the chair and shocked him to death. And that wasn't the only time that somebody was shocked while they were unconscious. Um, There was Mary Creighton. She was a rat poison killer. She killed several members of her family with rat poison. She tried to act like a nutcase to get out and she banged her head on the bars and shit like that, but it didn't work. They came to get her on that faithful day and she fainted, so they drug her unconscious ass to the chair and they shocked her to death. Well, why not? Another fella named Harry Holmes. In 1929, Cisco, Texas, he killed two cops during a robbery while he was dressed as Santa Claus. And that was the real crime. And he was in jail. He tried to act crazy, tear up books and letters and into confetti. And he sang a song over and over again. I don't know what song he sang, but it led to a sanity hearing in which <laughs> 20 minutes in, they said, okay, this guy's sane. He can stand execution. And he said, well... I ain't gonna sing no more. And they carried him kicking and screaming to the chair. It was private. There were no spectators or press due to his request. And then there's this woman, Ruth Snyder, who's known as the Granite Woman. She was from Queens. In 1929, she had her lover murder her husband for insurance money. She tried to kill the husband seven times prior, which I don't know why she couldn't get the job done, but she brought her lover lover in, a local corset maker named Judd Gray. Judd did right by the job. He made sure shit was done. He come in and beat her husband with a lead pipe, chloroformed him, and then garroted him. So the dude was very, very dead when he got done with him. 
Then Judd bound and gagged Ruth to make it look like a robbery. Right, per her request. But Ruth didn't get rid of the items that she had reported stolen. Mm. The cops just found them. Classic blunder. Also, this one's just silly. There was a paper found in her apartment, a letter from the initials JG, which were the same as Judd Gray's. But it just so happened that those were the initials of one of her husband's lovers. Oh, But, anyhow, she did it because Gray rolled over on Ruth (laughs) and told everybody what she did. And journalists called it the dumbbell murder because, (laughs) I quote, it was too dumb. Huh. That's not very creative. Do we know why she was called the granite woman? Don't know. Hmm. You shouldn't take it for granted. (laughs) There was a prison cook named Dummy Dugan. Oh, who fell in love with her. Oh, dummy. And dummy smuggled Ruth love letters and sandwiches. Oh, how romantic. <laughs> or he proposed and she said yes. <laughs> it's a love story for the ages. But dummy Dugan <laughs> would wreck his kitchen and drink prison hooch as they executed Ruth and Judd on that fateful day. This life's so unfair. I'll probably make the cover out of this, but Ruth's execution was the first one photographed. A journalist photographer snuck a pocket camera in and took a picture while she was getting the chair. Mm. It was taken by a man named Tom Howard, who is George Wentz's grandfather. Ah. George Wentz is Norm from Cheers. And is also the uncle of Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. So he has famous people ties. That's pretty cool. Yeah, those were some pretty entertaining, I guess, if if you're into that type of entertainment um, executions. But you know, those were basically nobodies. No, no one yeah, knows about all those people. But there were some big names up there, you know, some real heavy hitters like um, John Wayne Gacy. Like uh, He was executed by the electric chair. Um, We've got Ted Bundy. Everybody knows... Ted, you know, that was a that was a really big deal. He West was West Coast Ted. He was executed in Florida. Real looker that one with his unibrow. Oh man. Real panty dropper. Then we've got Aileen Wernos talking about a looker. She oh, was yeah. she was put in the electric chair. Uh Timothy McVeigh, the Oklahoma City bomber, he was also executed via the electric chair. The funny thing about that one is they kept that camera on a long time. They mm. very nearly caught his execution on the news. Oh, man. I remember that one. Yeah, and, you know, that's the kind of publicity someone like him probably would have really got off on. So, you know, not great. Uh, and then Albert Fish, who, honestly, he's one of my least favorite. <laughs> if you can have a favorite serial killer, uh, he's definitely one of my least favorite. We but- may do an Albert Fish or he, I may do it by myself. Yeah, he was very interesting. I mean, I don't really want to read his his letters to the families of the children he murdered. Do your and own ate. research um, on Albert Fish. Yeah, he was a very interesting character. Look up his x-rays if you've got a little spare time. The Probably not his, while you're at work. The x-ray of his pelvis. Yes, specifically. Look that up. Um, yeah, so the electric chair was... You know, it was for for everyone. It was for the nobodies, the 
innocent people who just get railroaded into it and also these these big names here um and the the people who did the executions the executioners for the electric chair just like in every other type of execution we've covered on this podcast um there are some notable names here that you know are pretty interesting um they used to call them in new york state anyway they would call the switch pullers the new york state electricians and the first First was Edwin Davis. He executed the first woman to be executed by electric chair. Her name was Martha Place, and she murdered her stepdaughter in 1898. She threw acid in her face. Excessive and very ineffectual. Yeah, I don't, I don't really understand. I mean, it would hurt like a motherfucker, but that would have to be a lot of acid to kill someone. I think. If you were trying to kill them, that would be the worst way to go about it. If you're trying to maim somebody, yeah. sure. I mean, she was obviously trying to do the most damage possible. She must have really hated her stepdaughter. It probably had to do with money or maybe the, the, the husband's affections, attentions. Who, who knows? But that bitch was crazy. It was... That the reason that all those chemical companies I worked for were real skeeved out when I tried to sell that hydrochloric acid on the side? Yeah, I don't think that you're uh, supposed to do that. And I don't know that the statute of limitations on that has run out yet. So we should probably just put a disclaimer that that was a joke, wink, wink. It was totally a joke. <laughs> um, but Edwin Davis, he executed 240 people in 25 years. So, you know, he he did several, not quite one a month, I don't guess, but enough. Um, John Hurlbert was Davis's assistant, and when Davis retired, um, John took over his duties. He was dubbed the man who walks alone by the press. He walked alone. I guess that's <laughs> they wrote that Green Day song about him. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm sure that's exactly what it was. Um but he he only did it for the pay and he had a nervous breakdown forcing him into retirement. What a pussy. Oh my God. You have issues. Um give me that job. If you ha- if you know anybody who can give me that job, give me that job. I'm the perfect candidate. Right, right. Remember that um drunk that was prepping everything to get ready? If I'm flipping a switch or hitting a button, I don't have to be sober for that. <laughs> okay. Um George Elliot, George G. Elliot, he came after John Hurlbert and he actually ran an electrical contracting business on the side. Uh or well, I guess he executed people on the side and the electrical contracting business was his main gig. But he started as a general electrician at Danamora State Prison and he would help Ed Edwin Davis in the maintenance of all the electrical chamber, the electric chamber systems. And so when Hurlbert had his nervous breakdown, it was just kind of the natural progression for Elliot to take over. And he ended up executing 387 people in 13 years. So compare that to Hurlbert's 140 people in 13 years. And George G. Elliot was, he was getting the Those getting it done. big numbers. And those are real big numbers. I mean, I don't know. It would take its toll. But he didn't just execute people in New York. He also performed executions in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Vermont, and Massachusetts. Oh. Um, yeah, one day. A real journeyman. He 
was. He was. He was a go-getter. In one day, he did six executions in three states. Um, The irony of all of this, he came out after he retired as being opposed to capital punishment, Mm. which is easy to say after you've been making that bank for all these years. At $150 per execution, that would be around $2,000 in today's money. I don't understand the plot of these people. <laughs> he made this made all that money just flipping a switch. Yeah, well he he considered himself an arm of the state. I, oh, I don't what do you think he intended ever. that pun? <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm the guy that flips the fucking switch that electrocutes the motherfucker until death. Yeah. I mean mentally it probably takes its toll on everyone. I don't I don't know. It would I couldn't do it. It would take its toll on me after the first execution, but I don't I wouldn't want to be put in that position. That's just me. Um but by the eighties the chair had mostly been replaced by lethal injection. And Alabama in 1983, John Lewis Evans requested to be executed via electric chair. Um, And this was after almost 20 years of people being executed by lethal injection. So the last time the chair in Alabama had been used was in 1965. Well, they didn't really test the thing out before they strapped him in. So this was yellow mama, right? (laughs) This was yellow mama. I Um, wouldn't expect Alabama to like, you know, well, just look at the thing. Maybe dust the fucking electrodes off. Yeah, I don't I don't know that they did any of that because when they flipped the switch, um, Evans' leg caught fire and smoke poured out from under his hood. And it didn't kill him. So they did it again and again. But the third time's a charm. So it he finally, says. yeah, he finally gave in after that third flip of the switch. Do you think he sat there and was like, oh, I totally <laughs> regret running my mouth right now. Yeah, he was probably like that guy on um, Indian Jones in the Last Crusade that yeah. chose poorly. He chose poorly. He chose poorly. Yeah, that that wasn't the only time that that ha- kind of thing happened. Um, Florida messed up three electric chair executions in nine years. It's Florida, though. It's Florida. Um, in 1990, and I don't know why they did this or who was responsible, but remember earlier we said natural sponges were the only thing that needed to be used. Right. Um, but whoever it was, you know, maybe some intern or I don't know. Someone went and bought a synthetic sponge instead of a natural sponge. Corrections don't have interns. It was a correction. <laughs> it was correctional personnel that went out and made this decision. They're yeah. not the smartest bunch. Yeah, maybe so. Um, but Jesse Tafaro, when they flipped the switch on him, his head burst into flames. It was it was probably pretty epic. Uh, and then seven years later, the same thing happened with Pedro Medina uh, in July nineteen. 19- so, I mean, this is this is wild to think this, <laughs> this was yeah, this in our lifetime. Alan Davis, uh, they nicknamed him Tiny. I, use your imagination probably, on that one. Probably ironic nickname. Probably. Um, but when they flipped the switch on him, he began bleeding profusely from under the hood because of improperly fitted electrodes. Oh, good Lord. So, But... 
in modern history, they were just turning dudes into Ghost Rider. Yeah. Sitting in the chair and then just having them melt. Like yeah, I don't... another Indiana Jones reference when mm. they looked at the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, I don't really get it. I I don't see it as melting as much as just turning into jerky. I don't I don't really get why anyone would opt for the electric chair, but it's still an option. Nine I states. I still want after all. No, you're getting a firing squad. <laughs> you're okay. getting a Russian execution. Good. Not by me. I am just going to say that. Um, But nine states in the U.S. still offer the electric chair as a form of execution. Um, The last person to be executed by electric chair was in December 2018. Um, (laughs) He had some pretty good last words. Beats being on death row. (laughs) Maybe it did. And a month before that, Edmund Zagorski, who was executed in November 2018, had the last words that were probably some of the best. It's an Al Bundy quote. <laughs> and he said, let's rock. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty good. But come to think of it, um, didn't some of those big names I mentioned earlier have some pretty memorable last words? Uh, yeah. Um, John Wayne Gacy, of course, said, kiss my ass. <laughs> um, Ted Bundy, not Al Bundy said, I'd like to give my love to my family and friends, which Mm. were also the last words of Captain Spaulding in Rob Zombie's Three from Hell. (laughs) Um, Timothy McVeigh recited the entire poem Invictus, and Mm. I'm not going to give him the fucking satisfaction because fuck Timothy McVeigh. You're one of these QAnon readers now. You're in the same vein as this cocksucker. So think about that. I'd like to think we don't have any QAnon listeners. Albert Fish said, I don't even know why I'm here. And if you know anything about Albert Fish, you knew exactly why he was there. I would love to resurrect him and just viciously, brutally mutilate him. Except he would love it. He'd get off on it. You know he, he would. He would enjoy that so much. And Eileen Wernos said... Oh, boy. Yes, I'd like to say I'm sailing with the rock, and I'll be back. Like Independence Day with Jesus. June 6th, like the movie. Big mothership and all. I'll be back. I'll be back. Oof. Oh, Eileen. Oh, jeez. She had a... She had a very, very rough go of it, but... Uh, wasn't the tragic character you thought, though. I mean... It, no. Uh, a lot of that's whitewashed. Yeah. She was brutal, but... All right, so next episode is going to concern lethal injection, which I've got a lot to say about lethal injection, but I'll give you a little preview. I'm going to tell you about Ricky Ray Rector. <laughs> Rector? Damn near killed her. <laughs> He lived from 1950 to 1992. In March of 1981, in Conway, Arkansas, he went into Tommy's old-fashioned homestyle restaurant with his friends. Well, one of his friends couldn't pay the $3 cover charge. So what does Ricky Ray Rector do? He Well, he takes his 38 caliber and he shoots Arthur P. Criswell and wounds two others in the restaurant. Just because he's pissed because his buddy can't 
can't get in. Well, I mean, he should have just shot his buddy. Well, he goes home, and his family convinces him to turn himself in. So an officer comes to talk to the family, and they talk about his surrender and all that. And he was coming to collect Ricky, but Ricky Ray shot the officer in the back a few times, hitting him in the jaw and the neck. It killed him. And so Ricky just walks out of the house, and after walking past his mama's yard, he decides to kill himself via auto headshot. So he attempts suicide and botches it, Hmm. which there's nothing worse than a botched suicide. I mean, how big of a failure do you have to be then? He destroyed his frontal lobe. He basically lobotomized himself there in his mama's yard. Surgery would save him for his trial. Well, he would be sentenced to death by lethal injection. I just just have to know what the mom expected when naming her child Ricky Ray. I mean, that's, yeah, you're pretty much asking for it at that point. setting him up for failure of some sort. Well, this left Ricky, um, how do I put this delicately? I'm trying to tiptoe around a word that all of you know, but <laughs> does it also start his... with an R like Ricky Ray Rector? Right. The alliteration works so great and I can't say it, but he destroyed his frontal lobe. Okay? Leaving him completely incompetent. Mentally incompetent. Yes, I think that's the best way to say it without getting myself in trouble. But he made himself this way, so I don't really feel bad for the guy. But you remember all the controversies back in the day about how executing someone of his mental stature was very controversial. There was a whole thing. It went. It had to do with like the presidential campaign and all that, but I'm not going to go into that. I'm going to go to the parts that I think are funny. Well, he went in for execution, and he had his last meal. Steak, fried chicken, cherry Kool-Aid, and a pecan pie. Now, if you're me, the pecan pie would be enough to execute you, because I'm deathly allergic to that. But after his steak, fried chicken, and cherry Kool-Aid, Rector couldn't finish that pie. Rector left the pecan pie on the side of the tray and he told correction officers that he was saving it for later. Oh, Ricky Ray. They fried Ricky Ray and they threw his pecan pie in the fucking trash. So you got stuff like that to look forward to on the next one. Um, I'm going to pick up a few scraps here and there about, you know, stuff we couldn't do a whole podcast on, you know, because it's it was just a footnote in history. But we'll cover lethal injection and some of those funky extra ones on the next episode. So come back for that shit. Yeah, come back. I'm going to be right here. Right here. He's not moving. Always. <laughs> Always watching always waiting. (laughs) Until next time. Bye. See ya.